0: This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. My name is Kirsten Longbottom, and today we're joined by EPFR's resident economist, Cameron Brant. Cam, you have some trip coming up next week. Want to tell us a little bit about it?
1: Yeah, no. So uh, a family trip to Iceland, um, which despite Mm. uh, perhaps not unfounded suspicions, is not driven by my desire to catch the fish that swim there. Um, uh, I've been hearing for years about the incredible geology and topography. Um, It looks like it's going to be on full display with that volcano erupting there. So. So yes, I'm looking forward to a a visually interesting week punctuated by the occasional smoked puffin and and one day of fishing. I did. I did negotiate. <laughs> I was going
0: to ask, are you sure there's not any fishing thrown in there? But <laughs> so, in terms of fund flows, in the latest week, the spotlight was definitely put on bond funds um, with groups at the country and asset class levels bringing an end to long streaks of outflows and, and pulling in high levels of inflows. Um, do those interested in high yields bonds, which have Racked up over eight billion in the last two weeks, have a greater risk for tolerance given our current economic environment.
1: I think it's less risk appetite uh, as a simple calculation. If, as a growing number of uh, investors seem to feel, we are actually or just the other side of peak inflation. Uh, which, you know, makes sense. Your petrol prices, though still high historically, have been coming down steadily, certainly over here. Um, Growth is slowing, which usually takes, you know, corporate pricing power with it. Uh, And, you know, longer-term trends would tend to, you know, uh, militate against inflation. You can always create it by really bad economic policy. But assuming we don't stray into that, you know, you do have the baby boom generation here retiring, which means, you know, a large group of enthusiastic consumers are going to earn and spend less. The generation's behind them you know, as is frequently chronicled, uh, you don't have the same, you know, capacity to spend and, you know, to some degree interest in it. So, um, you know, what we've been seeing the past couple of weeks is, is, you know, a willingness to bet that um, the most likely direction for uh, inflation and interest rates is actually down, so, if you buy fixed income assets now, uh, you're likely to benefit when <laughs> the Fed starts <laughs> to pare back rates. Um, uh, you know, and that calculation even seems to be uh, at play in the eurozone, even though they have much more worrying structural issues uh, to deal with. Uh, We've still started to see some inflows there Uh, just after the ECB surprised markets with a 50 basis point hike. But, um, you know, definitely uh, everything seems to be pointing to a sense that uh, investors uh, feel there's going to be a rollover of of uh, inflation and interest rates, and hence, you know, this is a good time to get back in.
0: We also saw emerging markets and um, a 16-week outflow streak um, in the latest week. Want to talk a little bit more about that as well?
1: Well, again, you know, I think it is driven by this sense that, you know, shocking as it has been, uh, this tightening period uh, is uh, close to having run its course uh, and that, um, you know, this may well be the point where you want to get in so that you benefit from uh, general improvement. Um, you know, I think in the case of emerging markets, uh, you know, there's more risk attached to that, um, you know, just because uh, such a sort of significant minority of emerging markets fall into the distressed debt category. And uh, China continues to um, surprise in not good ways um overseas bondholders uh with its willingness to squeeze uh sectors that are important issuers most notably uh real estate um so um you know even though we we did see uh uh, the first inflow in some time, uh, it came through increased flows to the diversified global emerging markets, um, which is what you usually see in the first sign uh, of a return to an asset class. People look for the most diversified vehicles first, um, and it's only when you know, they feel the trend is being confirmed that they really start to focus on country-level exposure. Uh, you know, And indeed, China bond funds continued their fairly dismal run with another week of outflows.
0: Interesting. Wow. Um, so, China equity funds, on the flip side, um, pulled the headline number for all emerging market equity funds into positive territory, while Europe equity funds dragged the total for developed markets into negative territory. Um, you also noted in the Global Navigator that China is making a dent, so to speak, in Japan and Australia's export story. These two regions, China and Europe, seem to be attracting the most attention in terms of headline news from what I've noticed. Are these spaces to watch in the coming months or are there other standouts?
1: If you want something to worry about, you're spoilt for choice uh, at the moment. you know, and certainly the latest uh, flare-up in tension surrounding uh, China's uh, vision of Taiwan's future, which is its reintegration as a as a province of China, uh, has uh, sort of kept kept the focus uh, there. Um, but from an investment perspective. Um, even though China's growth is markedly slower than it's been for many years. Uh, and it has, some, you know, storing up some longer-term issues that I think are definitely going to hurt it. It's, it's clamped down on the more dynamic sectors, the, the, the reinsertion of the state in, in many areas of the private economy, um, the, the almost reckless... Uh, loading up of debt to build infrastructure. Um, It remains, you know, a large and dynamic economy with a strong domestic demand story Uh, and a a government that still has policy levers to pull. They still have huge foreign exchange reserves. Um, And, uh, you know, in the short run, when they they push a lever they can make sure people at the other end jump so you know given that and given there's definite uh move towards stimulating the economy to try and get growth going again um uh, i think especially investors with a stake you know in or interest in emerging markets feel that that's you know um the best place to be at the moment um so, which you know, so we've seen surprising levels of, of commitment to China through you know through all of the bumps this year, including the uh, complications created by its its extremely unflinching defense of its zero COVID policy. Um, but interestingly, this past week we saw uh, a bit more of that conviction back in the sector space, which you know we have for some time. Uh, you know including uh, first inflows and some time for uh, industrials and financial sector funds so you, that's something you've been keeping track recently uh, why do you think uh, there was such a sort of sharp jump to the good this past week
0: that's a that's a good question um I think it was mainly guided by a good Reporting on for earnings season. Um, you know, with that in top gear, so to speak, um, in full swing, we saw 10 of the 11 EPFR track sector funds report inflows, where in previous week we've seen more often than not outflows. Um, one of the ones that I noted down was energy sector funds, and um, they just barely broke even into t- positive territory, but that was mainly guided by global energy sector funds um, while U- U.S. energy sector funds saw outflows.
1: I'm going to jump in here and say, you know, that's interesting in light of the, some some of the really spectacular earnings reports that uh, certainly uh, the classic energy majors have been delivering. Um, you know why do you think that uh, people have been so cautious about um, backing uh, that those earnings?
0: I think it mainly comes from You know, in the energy sector, I think people are looking towards longer term investments at times. Um, So looking towards being better for the climate, um, cleaner energy, focusing on cleaner energy and green energy. Um, And actually, interestingly, in the latest week, the two top funds reporting inflows were solar and clean energy related. And despite those great Earnings reports from Exxon, Chevron, and Shell, um, we saw outflows for oil, gas, and infrastructure-related funds.
1: Not enough of an enduring trend to really buy into, especially given the the propensity of governments to uh, dive in and either try and reallocate or forcibly enlist these companies to their anti-inflation crusades.
0: Right, (laughs) right. So, um, in terms of other sectors benefiting maybe from the earnings season, we also saw commodities and materials and consumer goods sector funds report inflows. Are rising prices talk of recession, et cetera, influencing investors' decisions
1: here? I would have to think so, because… you know, a lot of the sort of macroeconomic e- picture suggests that people would still want to be exposed um, to commodity, certainly commodity producers. Uh, that a lot of them uh, have costs in emerging markets currencies, but sell their product in dollars, which is obviously helpful for the bottom line. Inflation, while well, as I said, you know, there's a, a sizable group of investors who think the the worst is over or soon to be over is still a factor. And, you know, the exposure to commodities is a classic hedge against that. And the long-term supply picture, you know, is still, you know, pretty questionable. There's uh, um, between the sort of <coughs> the, the uh, political imperatives of shifting to uh, clean energy um, uh <coughs> and some more interventionist shifts uh, in the politics of many of the producer company, countries, uh, you know, Colombia, Chile, Peru, Mexico, are all headed by left-of-center administrations with uh, a much less free market view towards uh, their extractive industries. Um, you know, it does seem to me like a a sector that uh, should, or a sector fund group that should have been seeing more inflows than it has in recent weeks. But um, perhaps this is the start of a shift to that way of thinking. We'll have to see if more money trickles in in the coming week.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what next week brings. Um, I think that's all we have time for today. Thank you, Cam.
1: So it'll it'll actually be a couple of weeks to our next podcast since I won't be around uh, to to weigh in uh, in the coming week. But uh, we look forward to uh, telling you if some of our predictions today <laughs> turn out to be true.
0: <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see. All right, bye. Thanks for listening to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. For more information or to suggest a topic for a future podcast, please visit EPFR.com podcast.